X-rated the X-Men animated review show. Wake up! You are having one of your delusions. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could wake up from my delusions. Believe me, there's nothing I'd rather do than finish both of you right now. But unfortunately, that's not an option. <laughs> I didn't realize how sexual that sounded until you just played it right now. That's fantastic. Well, you, you never know what you'll get here at X-rated the X-Men animated. Well, we are called show. X-rated. It is rated in the title. That's true. It's about time that started to pay off for the listeners, I guess. Leah, <laughs> <laughs> I am your host. You slime sucking dirtbag. Envy. Dabrick. Good name. And good name. Good yeah. name. You actually finally got a good one. It's been a while. Oh, man. Well, nothing ever has You're overdue. me in it. Like, yeah, it's about time they hooked me up with a character that made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And with me, as always, is my co-host. That's no way to greet your old partner, Runt. <laughs> That's just like me. Yes, yeah, Runt. I am six feet tall. I guess maybe I'm still a Runt compared to you. I'm six too, so in your face. In your uh, face. I am a Runt. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to change my name to Runt. It's okay. Nah, Davrick is, Davrick is too big. Davrick's pretty, t- pretty toy. Yeah. We are here to review. You didn't say my name. Come on. I was pretty impressed with mine today. Oh, you're right. I didn't. Jebadondre Creed. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. yep. Named after the great hero, Jebediah Creed. (laughs) Hero? (laughs) I'd say he caused a lot of, uh, a lot, well, being uh, improperly raising his son went, caused a lot of misery for a lot of people, including his son, as we find out in this episode. True, true. Yes, we heard you. Season four, episode 16, Weapon X, Lies, and Videotape. Mm-hmm. Written I... by Stephen Melching and David McDermott. A regular pair of writers on this show. And directed by Larry Houston. I have so many X points this week. It's crazy. Oh, wow. It's the most X points I think I've ever had in a week. I could probably do 10. Wow. I could probably do 10 by myself. I'll take the night off. You can just take the go right ahead. <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll jump in. I'll, I'll throw in some small ones maybe <laughs> or something. Just because yeah. some of it's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll just do the whole episode by myself. You're like, goodbye. Yeah. See ya. Don't need me. You don't need my X points. And what am I good for? Well, all we right. missed a week. So we're going to do a catch up segment. Oh, we Maisel. Maisel. Ms. Maisel, which is a show I really like and I'm watching currently in so Prime. Let's catch up on old times. What you think they're doing up there? <laughs> what you think they're doing up there? What you, what, what, what you doing up there in Truro there? Well, I'm in, I'm in a dinner theater. This is on week two is starting now. However, we only the second week is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I, uh, I have a couple days off in between. The last week was all rehearsals. And then the, the performance nights were Thursday, wait, Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon being always the worst crowd because it's generally people the average age of the audience is probably late 70s and uh, because it's like it's like made to be in earlier shows people would take their elderly parents and uh 
well, it's not a lively crowd. They don't do a lot of clapping or cheering or uh, or yeah. even laughing, really. And it's always fairly so dead. And half so of them are probably asleep. the food as well. Um, we weren't supposed to the first week because certain members of the crew were afraid that some of us would get sick and then we wouldn't be able to do the second week with COVID and whatnot. But uh, unfortunately, there wasn't enough people, volunteers to serve. So I ended up serving all week anyway. So, yes. But it's going well. Uh, there's something I, I profoundly want to talk about, but I want to ask you how your week's going first. I think you know what it probably is. Is it Guardians of the Galaxy? It sure is. Man, I love that movie so much. Well, that's that's what's pretty much been up with me. I did a podcast over at the Mary Mater. I know. I wanted to join in on it, but I was wiped from the, the play that day, and I got home late and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I, yeah, I deeply, deeply loved it. I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. I probably could have gave it a 10, but just a little too, one too many or so flashbacks. I'm not big on flashbacks. It's funny because I was thinking that when I was listening to your new Hold Up podcast because you mentioned that several times you don't like flashbacks. Although I don't think I've seen any of the movies in the, in your last episode. I, I haven't well, seen so Victoria, cool. although I've wanted to. I've never seen Out of oh, Sight. And I do really like Soderbergh, whose name you pronounced incorrect the entire time. What did I say? Uh, you also like... Sodden, S- Soddenberg or Sindenberg? Or, I can't remember. You guys said something that was Soder, not correct. Soderberg? Soderberg is Sodenberg, uh, who actually is relevant to today's podcast as well, which will come up later. Um, you'll find out soon. Well, um, but uh, I say, so 9.5, I, I cried through most of it. So. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> I gave, I gave, I do these little, little, little movie uh, reviews on Instagram that I share on Facebook, and I gave it a five out of five. It's, uh, I I loved it. I think a lot of things Hawkeye's I can the best. Yes, he is. And he is honestly the, the hero of, of the tale. But uh, I must say, um, say what you want about Chris Pratt. Uh, his acting in this particular movie was very good. And there are several scenes with him that uh, were very, very, like, if you don't like him as an actor, you can't deny that he's a good one. Um, he was fantastic in this one, though. It's a lot of lot step back a bit, a little bit, but there's a lot of heavy emotion. The lead so much. Well, his story arc kind of got wrapped around. Like he found out who his real dad was. He was disappointed by that. He lost his his surrogate father, and uh, you know had that whole journey. And now it's him reconnecting with this one. No, no, but I'm saying yeah, because before they did, so all that's left really now is either the Gamora angle, which they do revisit, or. or going back to his life on Earth, which is what we... Uh, spoilers, I guess, yeah. is what we end up with. Uh, one thing I really did love about it was that on a, at the end of a trilogy, I was expecting one or two of them to die. And I was happily, very happy that none of them died. And it was a nice... Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, I, I spoilers, said spoilers. spoilers. I said spoilers. Right. But that, you know, we... like I figured Drax or someone or, or Rocket would probably bite it. But I, I didn't expect Rocket to after... I realized how much of the movie was centered around him. It would have been pretty... I was expecting Drax to die. For sure. Me too. Um, or Mantis or uh, someone like that. Um, no, no, I love that I love that in the trailer they show them like carrying Starler's body, which makes you well, think that something bad happens to him, but it's only it's only him being drunk in the opening few minutes, so it's not even like anything related to what happens later. But those scenes, man, uh, anytime they visited the animals in the cage and you and you saw Rocket, you saw I was bawling. Like I literally was sitting by myself in the theater. There was a couple people behind me, like further rows back, and I was so happy I was alone because I was bawling when they were naming themselves and they were all talking about how great it would be to see the sky and i knew that i knew like anybody that that seen like watership down or plague dogs or any of those movies that are kind of about animals that take some twisted dark and sad turns 
are like, oh man, like I was waiting for it. And then when it finally happened, I was so like when she when she got when she got hit, and then you realize what happened, and you're like, I was in tears, and then I knew that the others had to go, and then you see what happens to them. It's oh my god, it was so heartrendingly uh, sad, but also hopefully makes people realize that you know the fact that they're all CGI animals was, and, and you still felt so much for them. It's, it's a credit to the voice work. I noticed that Linda Cardellini did the voice of Lissa, who is uh, who plays Hawkeye's wife well, as well. Lila, sorry. Um, but uh, she did some amazing work. And that whole scene where he almost died and he saw them again. And he got, you know, and oh, my God, every bit of it was just heart-renderingly sad. Baby Rocket's first words were hurt. Yeah. yeah. I just That's when I cried. Like, that was the saddest thing I've like, ever seen in a movie. Uh, but the, the manicness sounded of... just like my daughter, too, when she goes, like, in her ear hurts or something. She goes, hurt. Oh. Just like Baby Rocket. And, man... Broke my freaking heart, Nev. I'm glad I was alone too in the dark. <laughs> and the uh, the high evolutionary is by far, I oh. think, one of my all. Like I like that actor. I've only seen him before on. I think he was in something that I forgot he was in. Um, he was in Peacemaker. Yeah, well, you know, I knew that, but he was in something else that I've seen him in. That he had a small role in. I think he was in one of the John Wick movies, very briefly. Oh. But um, he, yeah, I loved him in Peacemaker, although his character was sort of emotionless, and that was part of his deal. Uh, but him in this. Honestly, if uh, Jonathan Majors, this whole like domestic violence thing doesn't get uh, figured out and Disney ends up replacing him, it's a shame they couldn't have replaced him with him because he was fantastic. And he was by far one of... Oh, man. Just there's a great interview with him in... Evolutionary uh, <laughs> give us more have I evolutionary. There was a great interview with him in The Hollywood Reporter talking about the character. And a lot of the things that I said in my review were things he said that I it was funny that I connected to, like the Shakespeareness of it, the 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 part of how the, the core of what he is, that that no matter what society he makes will never be perfect because he's imperfect. And what he really hates he's is himself. So and and you can see it when uh, but like but but interesting the way he performed oh, it like he, he was so manic and when he was like like needing rocket to to uh to to fill in this gap about how something created could think of something he couldn't think of and how he couldn't he couldn't allow himself to rectify that in any way but to hunt him down with all, at all costs it, essentially sabotaging everything it was amazing and just i don't know his performance alone was fantastic um and even rocket you know I'm, Rocket sparing him at the end and saying, I'm a guardian. And, uh, well, I mean, they just left him to die. Anyway. Of the gas. Yeah. <laughs> they left him to probably die in the ship anyway. But, uh, yeah. it's, uh, and then rescuing all the animals. Ah, oh, dude, as an animal, like, I know anybody, I know there's a lot of animal lovers in the world. I'm not unique, but, um, Man. I was, oh, I know. So, so happy. The message that of that movie was life is life, right? It's not like, like the, the two most important lines in that movie were when Rocket says, go get all the higher life forms. And then later on when he changes his take on that. Yeah, and then someone says, all the, and then one of the guys says, just, not just the higher life forms, and he says something yeah. else. Yeah. And, uh, and then when he accepts that he's a raccoon, and he sees like the origin of where yeah. he came from. Oh, that says, was great. Oh, when he, wrong, says, yeah, he says, that, like, he, he corrects the high evolutionary by saying, my name's not, yeah. you know, 582P7, it's Rocket yeah. Raccoon. And like, oh, dude. Chills. I loved it so much. Every single yeah. bit of that movie was fantastic and uh, well, well paced, well thought out. I'm excited. The Guardians will live on. I'm excited to hopefully see that rendition in for in future movies. I would love to see it. I know they they teased the very very end that Star Lord will return. So uh, how that happens, who knows? But um, 
don't know, man. I was super happy. I hope I know Gunn's pretty tied up now with DC. We're probably not going to see Marvel, although I think he did say he was going to consult on future space stuff. But I would just love to see him do all the space stuff. Just let him do all the space stuff. I want to see yeah, Adam Warlock. Get I want to see Darkhawk. I want to see the Nova Corps. I want to see yeah. the Micronauts. I want to see Terax and Morg and the Fantastic Four and, and Ant Nihilus. And I want to see them all. I want James Gunn to do it all. But anyway, hopefully he'll fix DC, which is also something to be celebrated. But I am going to thoroughly miss him over on uh, over in Marvel. I think they should do it like the brand editors, like they do in the comics. Like have somebody, whether it's Gunn or somebody else, somebody really good though, to run the space division, and then like have somebody run the street division, and somebody run the mystic division. You know, and obviously somebody like probably runs the big Avengers. Well, I mean, Feige's kind of running everything. I guess he's sort of doing that. But yeah, I know what you're saying. True, but as it gets bigger and bigger, he can't do all that. You wouldn't think. Yeah, I mean, uh, arguable. It depends what people think about the new phase. But uh, man, I'm digging everything. Oh, I'm still I mean, this movie premature. was great. <laughs> this movie was freaking great. Oh, dude, I I couldn't be happier with this film. Uh, I couldn't have been happier. And uh, like I said, I I just wanted an evil mustache twirling villain. I'm sick of ones that you know have you, you somewhat relate to. And uh, this time I was like, I just want him to be a shitty asshole and uh, the Shakespearean dickhole. But like, but the character was so interesting as how, how it was yeah. depicted that it made him interesting. It's like, I mean, Hannibal Lecter is a fairly one-note character, is he not? But th- the way he was yeah. played made him interesting enough that he was a, a, the longevity of that character continues on. And um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just I can't say anything more nice things about it. I can't say more nice things about the voice acting. Bradley Cooper knocked it out of the park. Um, I loved Adam Warlock. Um, he is one of my favorite cosmic characters. I know this is a very different depiction of him, and it's kind of colored with James Gunn's humor brush. But I dug all that. I like Craglin. I loved Cosmo. Uh, though that horror was fun. Oh, I loved Cosmo. Yeah, it was so, great. You uh, you know I'm not bad dog. You know who the voice of her was? Yeah. Was it Tara Strong? No, do you watch? Um, did you watch the Borat two movie? No, she played his daughter in that. She that's kind of what made her popular. Um, she was in a really great A twenty four horror movie too called Bodies, 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 and she's popped up in what was that Judd Apatow Netflix movie with uh, Karen Gillan in it about the bubble with all the actors being trapped in the COVID bubble trying to film a dinosaur movie. Anyway, she's in that too, but she's a good actress, fun. So yeah, anyway, I dug the movie, loved it. I loved all the cosmic stuff, the the god complex, the Little cameos from Nathan Fillion and all those guys. Fantastic. Oh, Nathan Kip- Fillion was quite <laughs> I love when he keeps going back to that idiot. He's like, I got one of those. <laughs> yeah, and he just looks back yeah. at him. And even like, like even as, gives him. as Philly, yeah, as Fillion as a comedic actor goes, I mean, obviously any fan of Firefly or anything else he's done knows his range. I'm a huge fan of the movie Slither, which was one of James Gunn's earlier Slither, movies that too. he's in as well. And if you haven't seen it, I highly watch everything by James Gunn, but Slither is a fantastic movie. Um, even the ones he wrote are interesting and good that he didn't direct. Uh, like, uh, what's the one with the, the Belco experiment with all the people trapped in the office that are forced to, it's coming like, uh, kind of like a squid game, but like a, all these people work together in an office forced to kill each other. Um, and like super with rain Wilson was very interesting. Take a part of the superhero genre. Uh, or like, right. I, I loved it that like that movie does a really interesting job of showing what real violence looks like. Um, especially juxtaposing it against cartoony violence that we celebrate in cinema. And there's a bigger conversation we had about that, but we're not here to talk about all that. So maybe uh, someday I'll come on your video movie podcast and uh, do we it. can discuss this. You've been invited several times. I know. I'm a busy man. 
Yeah, yeah. Mr. Dinner Theater over here. Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> get to the episode, shall we? Well, before we do that, don't you have something to play? Oh, you're right about that. Previously on X-Men. So, what did I miss? Who are the biker boys and the big doofus with the shiny metal outfit? And who's the babe? Sounds like you two got pretty friendly. Oh, you know what a tough time I had trying to find you? Nobody speaks English. You'd think they'd notice a guy with big claws. And wait, who's the blue guy again? Nobody speaks English. You'd think they'd notice a guy with big claws. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was the last episode. Another Wolverine one, which should have been played after this one. I agree with you. That was... Yeah, the, because this one is this directly referenced in the previous one. So Disney needs to reformat their uh, their listing. I think this is the only error um, because the rest seem... So far, I think. Yeah, I think as far it's as I can tell. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, all right, take her away. No, no, I'm just kidding. All right, so... We'll, we'll sit here in silence then. For <laughs> staring at each other. I like it. Mm. We should do that. We'll just do the stare the stare podcast where we just stare at each other. Actually, that would be interesting for an hour. If we just stared at each other, I think you would see a lot of emotions go through each of us if we got really close and just see where it goes. Annoyance, anger, go bitter. Viral. Maybe just be love. Maybe all love is all that would be there. And that would be lovely, wouldn't it? That's all you'd um, see in my face, buddy. Aw, you shucks, you. Um, so Wolverine gets tossed. Uh, we start with Wolverine getting tossed through a... Uh, through a table, uh, being attacked by Sabretooth, who looks particularly less, um, you know, feral than he has in later years. Also smaller. He seems like a younger version. Also very 70s with the sideburns and the long hair. Um, but there is a voice actor for him back. Though. There yes. was that one episode where it was off. So we see uh, basically Wolverines with uh, a woman who we come to later know as Silver Fox, a Native American or Native Canadian woman, Indigenous woman, um, who... Uh, they're celebrating his birthday, and it seems it seems that we're filling all this in from the conversation. The Sabretooth has interjected himself in this birthday and is attacking Wolverine. Um, uh, but then we see this is all a dream. He's surrounded by Gene Scott, uh, Professor X, and Beast, who uh, Scott or sorry, Professor X is trying to reach into his mind and find out what's going on with him and calm him down. However, he's having tr- trouble penetrating it because Wolverine is in such a feral state due to how ang- the uh, you know, how angry he is and, and rage-filled he is with what's going on in the stream. Uh, he wakes up from the dream. memories pouring out as if a dam had burst. I, ah! <laughs> Professor! I, I! <laughs> he got hired for that, like, ah! <laughs> yeah, it's good. Good range. Yeah. So, uh, he screams. Uh, basically, uh, Wolverine breaks free of his restraints, but he's still in a feral state and still seeing Sabretooth. Uh, basically, what happened in his dream, so he attacks Cyclops. Uh, this first time we've seen Cyclops, like 20 episodes. But uh, yeah, Jean, right. Jean Grey uses her powers to protect him, basically. Uh, she tries to reach out to Logan, but Logan runs past her and goes to escape. Beast pursues. Um, you know, Jean is uh, trying, not sure what's going on, basically, but as Beast runs off after uh, Wolverine, he maybe, is. maybe Cyclops never leaves the infirmary, and this is the first time in twenty episodes we've been to. The <laughs> That's infirmary. true. He's like, I, maybe they swap roles, and now he's the nurse. So, uh, Beast, uh, Cyclops, be- you have the tenderest healing touch of all the X Men. Beast ducks a uh, ducks the the um, Wolverine's jeep as he drives off. 
Uh, so they lose track of him. Gene goes into uh, Wolverine's. For what you may do. There's a line later in this episode, I think, where Beast quotes something to himself and even says who wrote it to himself. <laughs> like nobody else was there. So he's showing off to no one. He's like, I think it was piece. I think it was Tennyson too. He's like something, something, Tennyson. Yeah. You know, and it's like there's nobody there I think to I hear have him. An exploit about it. <laughs> Do you okay? I, think so. I mean, I like Tennyson as much as the next man, but I don't know if I need to quote him to myself when I'm alone. <laughs> So uh, Gene goes into Wolverine's uh, quarters and and looks uh, <laughs> and looks look, looks for him. Um, I mean, I have so many X points. I'm just going to go into this one uh, right now. Um, so she pulls uh, a series of photographs out of his side drawer, um, all of which are framed in a, a neat little pile. The first one is a picture of her and Scott that was ripped in half way back in season one, uh, which you know is kind of funny. She doesn't even seem perturbed by that. Like she must know it's a photo of the two of them together because these are the days before digital photos. So they would have had to take in a photograph and a copy would have had to been given to Wolverine or he would have had to take the negative and get a copy made. I'm not sure which is more disturbing. Either way, you know, they gave him a photo of them or something and he, you know, obviously ripped Cyclops out of the picture. I guess Gene knows that he has feelings for her. Um, but it's funny that uh, you know just comes across the like the Scott the Scott half is nowhere to be seen. He's kept the Gene half framed, ripped in half, but the Scott half is gone. <laughs> then we cut to um, we it's the normal. next. All the X Men have pictures like that. The next photo is of uh, Heather um, Heather. Uh, don't tell me Hudson. And then uh, and then which is uh, and then pinned in the corner of that is Eureka. A little a little like one of those little like remember when you were a, a, a graduation photos. You get as a kid, like one of those size ones. Hey, Lebowski. You want to hey, be on the show? What's up, buddy? Lebowski's on the show. Hey, buddy. Join the show. So uh, you have Eureka. So maybe maybe it's an importance of, like, maybe it's an order of importance of how much you actually cared about them. Like, Gene was first. And, uh, you know, then it was Heather. And then a tinier picture of Eureka. And then the last photo is of um, a very interesting-looking car uh, with Wolverine and uh, Silver Fox. Ow! What are you doing? Most intriguing. These coordinates are in southern Canada. Go after him, Hank. Slightly ahead of me, but we're getting there. So uh, she finds the photos um, and is going through them. It doesn't find anything. She basically shows um, Hank. Come on, get down, buddy. Shows Hank the photo. Then he. Yeah, I know. He gets, he gets a. You ever hear petting aggression in cats when they like they're so happy they bite you? Uh, he's oh, bad for that like sometimes. That. So um, anyway, she shows a picture to Beast who notices on the back of their coordinates. Um, and then they think this may lead them to Wolverine. So, uh, Canada, which, which Beast knows from looking, which Beast like, knows from looking at it. Yeah. Well, but Southern like, Canada would that. be the, the American border. Um, but like basically. No, people don't say that. No, Canada's nobody in Canada like, says we say East, West or North. Or North or like Central. There's no. We are in Eastern yeah. Canada. Yeah. Vancouver would be as um, Western Canada, the West, as we call it. We usually say out west is like out everywhere from Alberta to the to the West yeah. Coast. North would be the the North of Territories, the Yukon, Yellowknife, um, most of Canada, Whitehorse. Oh wait, none of it, <laughs> none of it. The Northwest Territories, uh, none of it, and the Yukon. Um, yeah. Is that right? I feel like I messed up one of those. Yukon isn't one of the territories, is it? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, it's been a long time since I had to think about all of the Canadian territories. Um, 
So well, you should think about them more often. On I guess so. An important part so, of this so, great nation. So Southern Canada. I'm guessing based on the geography of where they wind up, must be somewhere like near Vancouver. Must be like Manitoba. It's still. It doesn't seem that flat there. So I'm not sure if they care. Yeah, there's mountains and stuff behind them. Like uh, so, I'm guessing they must be near the Rockies. But yeah. they're, Alberta's flat. There's no mountains. Yes, there is. I lived in Alberta in the no, mountains. No, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm sure I do. Alberta's pretty <laughs> flat, is it not? No. Well, in some parts of it, yes, like uh, eastern Alberta. Is, but like, what about southern Alberta? In Calgary, you can see the mountains on the clear. Okay, well, that must be where we are. In, like, I found an interesting gaffe. Wolverine no, must have Jasper. a... In the mountains, Mass Wolverine must have a spare uh, Wolverine suit hidden in his jeep because he was shirtless when he left, but he has his shirt back when he arrives. So we see him arriving at this location in his jeep. He doesn't turn off his headlights; he just goes for a walk, which is just terrible because he's going to uh, burn out his battery. This is old time days before your car was shut off by itself. The bad the, the headlights, but uh, you know, he's, just, he's not gonna be able to get out of there. His battery's gonna be dead. So basically, Wolverine is. Uh, Seeking out answers. Um, and as we come to learn, he, there's a, the coordinates of this is some kind of a military base that's hidden away behind fences out in this remote part of the southern Canadian wild. Um, I'm guessing Alberta's probably right, somewhere in in uh, in Alberta. So uh, there's a giant hole. Is, is from Alberta. And usually it, the stuff about his past usually takes place there. So Wolverine just walks through a giant... I always find it funny, like, so this place is a giant hole in the wall, as we learn later, Wolverine caused that when he escaped the Weapon X program, which, in the time of this show, was, was probably 10, 20, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. There's been a giant hole in the side of this building, and there's no animals in there, no dirt, no dust, no leaves, nothing. Pristine inside that building. So he he uh, he cuts open the gate yeah, to the... They're still paid. His I guess so, but through. nobody fixed the wall. So uh, he basically walks into... Guy. You must tell me what is going on. I don't know. I gotta figure this out. I don't want to hurt anyone else. We're not quite there yet, but we're almost there. Anyway, so uh, I'm Just ahead of you. It's all right. So Wolverine sees the tube, a cracked open tube, and then has a flashback remembering that he was trapped in that tube in the full Weapon X gear. Um, then we hear the voice of a character whose name escapes me until I go look at it right now. Um, An alias? He's not listed here in the cast list. Was it Dr. Cornelius? It was the Weapon X guy, right? Yeah, but he's not listed here in the... the um, that's funny. He's not listed here in the... Uh, I know it's him, but it's just... Cornelius. Not, guy, right? No. That was the guy from... Oh, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. It's Cornelius. The guy yeah, kind of looks like Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we see Wolverine, him saying, like, start the process, blah, blah, blah. So he's obviously overseeing this operation. We see Wolverine's claws come out. Um, and this is indicating this is where he got his claws. Uh, he's in pain. He basically uses this newfound claws, which they didn't really put a lot of thought into, to cl- the, the slash his way out of the tube. They're like, let's give him sharp claws, and which he'll be able to use to escape the tube. Jeff, so why didn't we use that clawless or? Glass. You know this place? <laughs> I got my bones here. Which is actually like I know it's it sound it sounds like uh like like the phrase get your bones sounds sounds different than he literally got his bones here, which is interesting. But anyway, so he sees him he sees uh him go after Cornelius. Um 
you know, as he escapes from the tube in a rage uh, filled with pain and, and this new metal coursing through his, his bones. Um, but he uh, approaches a giant door, starts uh, slashing his way through it, but uh, is surprised by Hank, who has been following him using the coordinates. Um, and this is the, the part you played earlier where Hank uh, basically arrived to try to help Wolverine, which I'm glad. It's nice Wolverine's not doing this one alone. It's nice to have another X-Man nearby, and Hank's a good choice yeah. for this one. Yeah, it is. I seen that team up. Much. Wolverine's still kind of in a rage and attacks uh, Beast, but uh, Beast ducks and Wolverine electrocutes himself on a panel, temporarily coming to his senses and allowing Beast to reach him. You know, Beast... Uh, Why drag me all the way here, runt? I could have sliced you up stateside. Yeah, so Wolverine says he doesn't know why he's here. He just got that, that letter that that letter with a picture in uh, the coordinates and starting to activate memories he didn't know he had. And, uh, you know, he Beast is there. He's there to help him, basically. And then we get to the scene you just played, basically. Actually, not quite. We're getting there, but you played that scene. So we know he's coming up. I'm just trying to get to the part. So they find the helmet that was Wolverine's helmet when he was in the Weapon X program. And it's giving him a few... Yeah, and we see him running through the forest with the headset on, um, which is funny because earlier he took it off when he attacked Cornelius. But uh, I put it back on to go outside. I guess, but then he's ran in from outside. Oh no, sorry, this that's why. So oh. it's not it's not him escaping. This is a little further back. It's someone who doesn't like flashbacks. There's a lot in this episode, Devin. Yeah, well. It suffers from that, I got to admit. So Wolverine, but I mean, you can't tell a story about someone's past without doing flashbacks. It's impossible. No, I just like. I just think you can do it in less. Like, well, it'd it either be one whole episode as a flashback, two, yeah. But like, yeah. breaking it up into eight flashbacks, I mean, you just yeah, I, that that doesn't find it breaks up the flow of the. That doesn't bother me so much, um, but I get why you would why you would like it. So Wolverine, um, we we he's basically going through a test um, where he's attacking straw men with swords, with knives and blasters while wearing the Weapon X gear. Um, it's to see, test his uh, sort of reflexes and his abilities. And as he's doing well, he gets uh, shocked by Cornelius and, and uh, knocked out. But uh, Cornelius is basically, uh, you know, putting him through these trials that we are coming to learn more about as we get into this episode about the Weapon X program. Yeah, so Logan's plans were odd. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, it's... I find it funny, too, that, like, at the core of Wolverine's origin, it's um, it's being tortured uh, and experimented upon by the Canadian government, which to me yeah. is so seems so antithetical of what the Canadian government represents to me as a Canadian, not saying that I love it well, and it's all perfect, but I can't imagine Department the Canadian K, government. That's not entirely true. Department K was a uh, part of the Canadian government and they run alpha flight and was it department H sort of science stuff. Department H and Department K. Uh, oh. Department H, you're right, is the Alpha Flight Division. Department K is the Science Division. And they're part of this. But this so what happened to I and J? Act, I don't know. They're all just Puck. Hmm. Um, the Puck Divisions. But like uh, Weapon Plus is actually a joint Canadian-American government thing. Oh. So, oh. Well, at least that makes more sense. Although, I, you know, it sucks that the Canadians would agree to it. Um. So they come across, I and mean, you got way ahead of me with Sabretooth, so they come across uh, oh, well, the old, uh, it's okay, they come across the, pic, the, 
They come across the car that was in the photo that they saw, uh, the Jean saw of uh, Wake Jean up. Fox. You are having one of your delusions. Oh no. My delusions are back. Ah! So, um, my, my soundboard delusions. We see uh, the Wolverine drive in another flashback after Wolverine finds the car. He sees him and he's remembering a woman named Silver Fox who is the indigenous person that he remembers having a, a relationship with from the past. It shows them driving this car, her kissing him and cuddling up to him, and they seem very happy. They drive up to um, a, a, a log cabin where Wolverine carves in the, the wall, Logan and Silver Fox, uh, with a knife, which is funny because I guess he didn't have his claws at this point. So um, They were still on my wall. So, uh, the the door when they're uh, kissing on the sto- step, the door opens. Sabretooth grabs Wolverine, throws him through a table, and uh, you know this is reminiscent of the scene we saw earlier with um, a more human-looking Sabretooth. But now Sabretooth is in his full outfit. We, as the Sabretooth, we know him with the white eyes and the uh, the more feral look to him. Um, like that. That's you probably heard it because they use it to describe wrestlers sometimes. But that saying like. He the more clothes he takes off, the bigger he gets. Mm. Like for like really ripped guys, they use that kind of just, mm. uh, yeah saying sometimes. Sabretooth's like that. Like I mean, he puts on that tight gear, he just gets massive. I feel like his evolution, maybe as the, his mutation continued on, and he got more feral the older he gets. That's what the, my sort of interpretation of it is. Because he's definitely the version of him from the past that we see a few times is definitely a smaller, more human-looking version than the one we have now. Which is basically a hulking, uh, like like st- like his size compared to the Juggernaut would be pretty close in uh, in the way he's depicted in this, as far as his height and his his width go. He makes um, look small. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, we see uh, basically as Wolverine snaps out of this memory, we see Sabretooth, the real Sabretooth, approach them, um, and he had that line that you you played earlier where he says, "You didn't have to drop me all the way out here for me to slice you up. I could have done it stateside," which is actually a really nice little states. quote. That is pretty. Um, funny. But Wolverine, voice of course, actor, voice actor delivers all the Sabretooth lines so well. I love whenever Sabretooth shows up. Yeah, he's got a little weasel. Like it's, it's sort of a gur to it, but it's also like a, I don't know. Like I said before, when I think when he first appeared, it's almost like a serial killer, more like he a like so evil. <laughs> yeah, like it's not even like a bestial thing. It's more like um, like he a knows shitty he's bad like, and he loves yeah it. Like, yeah. You taught me that you can't count on your friends. I saved both our lives, you... He's so mad that Wolverine doesn't appreciate what he did for them. Like, I love that conversation there. Which actually was a glitch, if you notice, because Wolverine's mouth is moving when the line says, I saved both our lives, which is Sabretooth's. If you, I'm watching it right now, and you can see it right, right oh, wow. when it happens. I, I that was one of my notes for later as well, but we'll put it in here. Oh wow! It's it's very obviously it's glitched. Good. So it's like Wolverine says that. Um, but then they so as Sabretooth says that they we get a um, a a clip uh, another flashback where they both. It's funny because they both like explode into light, which seems like they're being attacked, but it's just them both having a shared memory of what happened, which is uh, the and like you kind of got to fill in some of the details earlier because they're only coming in later for context for people that aren't watching it with us. But like we, we know that there's a team we'll eventually find out that there's a team that was put together of these mutants that are being experimented on for secret missions. So now before we get to that revelation, we see the team, which is Sabretooth, um, Maverick, Silver Fox, Wolverine. 
And uh, they are fighting Omega Red, which is a fun little nod to what happened in the past as well. But as we come to learn, this may not be a, an actual event. Is what we're what we're seeing, which we'll explain later as well. But they uh, they're being they're being uh, on a mission in which they're attacking Omega Red, running from Omega Red. Uh, Sabretooth is in his more human form here as well. It seems as they were in Russia because there are guards with Russian outfits shooting at them. Blah blah blah. That uh, saber tooth and red. <laughs> yes, Omega Red's the obvious <laughs> red. Uh, you know the red fingerprint. But uh, the uh, basically Wolverine and Sabretooth get a bit ahead. Um, but like they say, um, Omega Red drops in between the two of them. Uh, basically, they're running towards them. They're here. They're there. Sabretooth or uh, Omega Red comes through the ceiling, blocks them off. Uh, Sabretooth pushes Wolverine back behind a door and seals the door, locking. Silver Fox and Maverick in with Omega Red and trapping them in the complex, which is the incident. Maverick, you left them to die. So what? Yeah. (laughs) So Sabretooth, you know, in in his own way, did save their lives, possibly, um, based on what would have happened if he hadn't done that. How, which is interesting. He was doing it for himself. He was saving his own. Well, he did push Wolverine out of the way, too. He could have thrown him he at did. Omega Red and then closed the door. I think there is a... I think uh, that was just so Wolverine wouldn't keep the door open. Yeah, possible. But, um... So, we... Like, this is this this has been referenced all the way back in episode, like the episode three of the show. So, uh, it's nice that we're finally getting some payoff, because he said he wasted some friends of mine, and these are the friends yeah. he remembers being wasted. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then Wolverine calls him a traitor. No Wolverine calls him a traitor. Sabretooth calls him a coward. Misunderstood. <laughs> there was a reason, a pretty good reason. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, there sort of was. I mean, but you know, Wolverine obviously cared about his friends more than himself, which is you know what selfless heroes do. Wolverine, um, Sabretooth, plus Maverick and Silver Fox can't handle Omega Red. Well, as we come to find out, um, Wolverine always believed they died there. Um, but then just as he's about to do the killing blow on Sabretooth during this fight, uh, he's shot and knocked off Sabretooth by Silver Fox and Maverick, who uh, who are not dead, as Wolverine initially thought. Uh, Maverick looking as 90s as a character has ever looked on this TV show. <laughs> Cable came pretty close to being the most 90s person we've seen. But uh, Maverick is pretty, 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 pretty... Pretty second contender with all those uh, all the, the the pouches and the, the slingy things over the body parts and the the the, the lines of metal everywhere. Uh, very very 90s look to Maverick here. What's Maverick's real name? It's John something, uh, isn't it? North. No, it's uh, something North. Well, he was in the Wolverine Origins movie. He was the black he's a, guy. He's right? a German guy. He's a German guy. He's German. Yeah, he's German. And I always liked the look of him. I never knew much about the character. I know he teleports. That's about it. Yeah, solo comic Maverick one time. The art was interesting. In I much prefer the character Solo, who is a Spider-Man character that can teleport. And it's very similar to Maverick, in fact. John Solo. And he has like that green... Remember that Spider-Man character? He's kind of like a like a poor man's solo. Punisher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wore the green. yeah. He's, he popped up a lot in the 90s when everyone was obsessed with gun pouches, characters. Pouches. A lot of pouches, a lot of big guns, like and he teleported. Character. Yep. So, yep, so Silver Fox... A solo comic, too. Solo had a solo comic. I had that, too. So uh, Silver Fox sent them the photo. Um to uh, to draw them all there because they're all having the same they're having the same visions. Her and Maverick, 
So Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome to our past. You stop. So she says these visions aren't going to stop until they figure all this out, basically. Oh, Lebowski. Hello, buddy. Hello. Green and hey! See that? X-Squad gear. Yeah, he came at you. He did. He's a little violent little bastard. So, uh, tag team champion there, Lebowski. That's right. There's Hunter S. Thompson. There he is. It does look a lot like him, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, they go into the old... Uh, Old part of the facility, Silver Fox lets them in. <laughs> the Wolverine has a good line here, uh, which is kind of Canadian. Do you have this one? Yeah. When they, when they go in, they open Silver Fox opens the door. When yep. Fox, Hoser Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie nights I show, we just did uh, um, Strange Brew a couple weeks ago, and uh, at the uh, at the yeah. tur- at the brewing company, and uh, you know, the, yeah, take off, eh? The, the Hoser references are uh, are. A lot of them. Hoser Hollywood. That is a classic line. So basically, what they're looking at is a sound stage um, that they walk into, which has uh, all of these things from his memory, including a diner he remembers being in uh, with Silver Fox back in the day um, before he was uh, attacked by some. Uh, he, he was uh, hit with a, a dart by some men that are trying to capture him. Um, and they, he kind of goes, they, they all trank him basically. And then he gets in a fight with them and then escapes in the car before trying to escape in the car before passing out and being taken in by them. But Wolverine doesn't remember it happening that way, but it's one of the memories that are coming into him. And he's kind of in a bit of a rage about it. So he's sort of slashing up the place a little bit. And we see the other members of the, uh, I guess I'll call them Team X because that's referred to in the, uh, in any write ups I read about yeah, this. I think that's what they were calling it. Every little fire plug can't take it. Which is funny that um, they're called that because why would they be called Team X? Why are they called uh, X Force? Like uh, the the X came from Xavier. Okay, that made sense. That came much later. Marvel retconned that much, much, much later by saying that the Weapon X program was an extension of the, um, you know, the the soldier, the the wet like the the Captain America was Weapon Zero or Weapon One. So that, uh, you know, that every extension beyond him was different versions of the same program. Nuke was weapon four, I think. And that's the only way that they could retcon the fact that it's not Xavier's inter- like connection to them that make them the X-Force. I believe they called it the X-Gene or something to do with the X-Gene later. And maybe that was part of it as well that, that had to do with the mutation. But um, but anyway, so uh, we see Sabretooth come across the, um, the set of uh, another set which has a log cabin which looks just like the log cabin he was in at the end of the episode of bloodlines um in indicating that's where he's living right now but he has a memory of him being a young child with uh and being um locked in the basement by his religious zealot father who believes he's some kind of demon jebediah creed um (laughs) who has who i think is voiced by the same guy does the voice cornelius they sound very similar if they're not the same guy he has a lot of voices on this. Jebediah Creed knows how to get the wickedness out of you. No, please. Please, Pa. Not again. I'll be good. I'll be good. That, yeah, that's child, that well, stuff. it that is. It's different now that I'm a parent. 
That child actor is terrible, but um, it was the, the voice actor and the guy like who's his father? Fucking the uh, the witch, the witch fighter general. Like, like he literally like sounds like a Puritan. Like, I don't know what yeah, time period is. this is supposed to be, but based on the outfits, he has belts and and hats. Late and late eighteen hundreds. It seems newer than that, but he's you know Jebediah Creed. He even rolls his his arms. Creed knows a devil when he get sees the wickedness one. out of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you even yeah. see an adult when it cuts back to Sabretooth coming out of this memory, he even says, Don't hurt me, Pa, basically, which is um, yeah, you know, showing that the effects of of the the abuse has uh you know, as often it, it as often as the tale with victims of abuse, they uh, carry on the cycle when they become adults themselves. So he uh picks it up like fifty notches, old Sabretooth. He's like <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean obviously but it, it's also a matter of ability. Like if you have True. If you're an average person, say you're an out of shape middle aged dude who has a lot of repressed issues because you were abused by your parents or your father, then uh, the scope of what you could achieve is a lot lesser than a guy like Sabretooth, who is a regeneration factor and massively built, uh, you know, like claws, train killer. Train killer <laughs> you know, like every, well, I mean, maybe the government targeted people. Like uh, government agencies, from what I understand, for secret agents stopped off to do pick people with the. Uh, with tragic backgrounds because obviously violence has come second nature to them sometimes and they're less family connections. Well, that, and they don't, they want people that have a a rather tenuous um, worth for, which is why I'm surprised I'd ever been approached by government agency Um, that, that have a a tenuous, not that I've ever been abused, but that uh, I I have, I don't value human life particularly much. So uh, I feel like I might fit a certain psych profile that would appeal to them. And if they're listening, oh, I think you value me human up. life more than you let on. I think the I value music certain makes all those movies, and they're all about the human condition. I think I value things. certain human lives, yes. <laughs> but to say human life is precious when there's eight billion of it on this planet is uh, it's ridiculous. Oh no, we're not um, an endangered species. We're like a, 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 a cassowary. Now there's an endangered. There's a valuable life for like <laughs> something endangered. So we see Maverick having another flashback um, of, we don't really see what his flashback is, but he's being really bothered by it. Um, we see that Silver Fox has found the cabin that um, was the one from his memory of them being together, but the 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 knife David mark. North, that was his name. No. Isn't that a porn star? He, he, yes, but he goes by Christoph Nord. That David sounds North familiar. Is his, like American name. His Christoph Nord is his German name. Isn't David North, is David North the porn star from Halifax? Peter North. That was Peter North. Don't ask. Don't ask why I know that. <laughs> um, you are having one of your delusions. That's why. So, um, uh, Wolverine, like he remembers that they had this cabin together, and he remembers carving their names in the side. But their side, their names are not carved into the side of this this cabin, which is causing more questions as to how they how, how that much they can trust their own memories. Beast uh, comes in uh, because he's oh, been dick- does he ever yeah the lie which is with all the ex- truth positionary is ever the blackest of lies Tennyson yeah he says to himself Tennyson like there's nobody there to hear it <laughs> that comes a little later but yeah that like that's what I think is so funny oh, Tennyson like you, Beast you, is you, my favorite character you pretentious show, dink like so Tennyson good. So such good. a pretentious dink thing to do Tennyson. Tennyson. <laughs> I love him. I love anyway, him. Anyway, so uh, Beast um, activates a video from. Uh, look yeah, how happy he looks there. Yeah. He's reading a book about Tennyson. So um, 
we see um, it's a video of Cornelius uh, talking about the program in which he explains all four of the members who they are and how they've been selected for this program in which they will be uh, conditioned to be uh, assassins or mercenaries, uh, but they'll also be conditioned to be implanted with memories um, to help get to them to the place they need to be mentally to be able to do what they need them to do. But uh, the key, he says, is to reach their subconscious mind and uh, sort of sort of put things in their subconscious mind from experiences that they didn't necessarily have, and then to erase the actual memories from their mind, so that All it won't, uh, won't are stay. Some chrome dome science project. Let's find the jerk and do some traumatizing of our own. He sounds. He sounds kind of like Bronx. The brainwashing would become so much more believable because it's all based on real events, right? Exactly, but they don't have memory of the actual event. It just affects their subconscious. So, like, it'll change who they are, but they won't have the memory of the experience that made them that way, which is kind of interesting. Um, And I don't know if this is the actual way it was done in the comics or not, or if this memory thing is even part of it. But uh, it's an interesting way to do it on the show. So there's another video. What do you know? If the runt hadn't trashed the place... I could have had tin plated bones too. So yeah, we do. We did see this video. There's another video that Wolverine puts in, which shows uh, them about to do the testing process on Wolverine. If that succeeds, they would do it to Sabretooth, and then Sabretooth has that line. Um, so because Wolverine destroyed the place basically after the process, uh, Sabretooth didn't gets get that. Eventually, he gets adamantium claws. I think I do recall that. Yeah, like his actual little claws are or adamantium. But I think in the Ultimate Universe, he had he had claws like Wolverines too, at one point. But uh, so yeah, we see uh, basically when he escaped from the uh, the building, uh, he caused a, sort of a chain reaction and allowed the others to escape as well, um, and they all kind of went their separate ways. So the, the, they come across a final door that can only be opened by uh, all four of their handprints, uh, which they're going to use to get in. But then Beast puts up the obvious thing saying if they're trying to hide from you the truth why do you think they put it behind a door that only the four of you could access it's so strange yeah, yeah. my name is mr mccoy madam not blue boy <laughs> not blue thanks, boy mr. McCoy. i like that later he saves her he's like thanks mr mccoy yeah <laughs> but um hi, miles oh hi miles oh my god miles oh look at him Oh, boy. This is the, this is the one who's like Lebowski. He gets very frisky with his. Oh, he's a happy. This must be the orange and white kitties. Yeah, it must be. Have you have you heard that all ginger kitties share one brain cell? That's not true. Lebowski is very intelligent boy. Yeah, true, true. Does Lebowski have it right now? So you're just a little zombie. A little <laughs> zombie. <laughs> so. Um... They, uh, they, 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 against Beast's, uh, you know, advisement, they open the door in which we release a robot, uh, who we come to know as Talos, um, which I'll have an explain yeah, about later. Point about that. Yeah. No, so do I. We probably have the same one, so it's fine. Maybe I'll let you not. have it. Uh, so he does look a lot like another character, uh, but that's not my point. Actually, he kind of looks like a super adaptoid, actually. The, the one that appeared in the, or is it the Dreadnought? Is the Dreadnought maybe is a character that appeared in one of the new Enforcers in Spider-Man comics way back when? Dreadnought but anyway, or an AIM robot. So, um, nice suit. Thanks. I refer you to my tailor. <laughs> I refer you to my tailor. I don't know. It doesn't really sound German. Well, I think they were sort of going for a <laughs> vaguely European accent, Schwarzenegger, yeah, like a Schwarzenegger style kind of. 
Well, well Schwarzenegger's Austrian, man. Yeah. So Sabretooth, uh, like they're fighting it. Uh, the, the robot produces an axe, which reminds Sabretooth of his father and causes him to gun and go off the rails and attack it. Um, but then the uh, basically they all fight in their own way but are having trouble stopping it until they kind of work together. They manage to take it down. Uh, Maverick uses uh, some bombs and then, uh, you know, his suit sort of takes the impact, and that's where that line about the tailor comes from. So we learned that the this was indeed a trap and that the robot was supposed to keep them occupied because an alert was sent off to Cornelius and his crew that they have the four of them have gathered. Now he has a chance to recapture them and bring them back in the weapon. And so people are coming to do that. So Beast, um, Wolverine gets knocked, was knocked out during that fight. So Beast uh, uh, kind of takes all the... Uh, actually, did they all get shocked? They all get knocked out somehow first. Oh, yeah. So a beam shoots all of them because it was a trap and it's supposed to incapacitate them. The Talos robot is supposed to incapacitate them long enough for the other people to come and recapture them. So when they're all knocked out, Beast puts them all in a truck, which just happens to be nearby, full of gas, ready to go. Um, the robot starts to reform itself. Beast manages to use his abilities to stop it and get them out of the way before the, uh, the government shows up. They all agree to go their separate ways. Wolverine says that all their memories can't be wrong to, to Fox, that he that some of it had to be true. He knows that some of it was true, and she says they'll never know, kind of, and uh, and goes off into a, a plane, a, a side-flying car thing that she has set aside to pick her up. So Wolverine's sad. She has no... She, you know, leaves with saying that they she'll never know. They'll never know. Structural uh, integrity severely compromised. Activating mnemonic trauma. Wolverine base and Beast basically go to head back, and Wolverine says he knows in his heart of hearts that some of it was true. Um, and that you know, hey, cabin there didn't have any names on the door. Ours did. It happened, Fox. We happened. Yeah, that's the line. Uh, but she can't accept it. She can't trust her own memories. Uh, Wolverine is sure that some of it was real, but he can't prove it either. And him and uh, Hank head back to the X Mansion. But as they leave, we get a sad little coda where we see a tree in the foreground that has what he'd written on the door, meaning that it was, it was true. Sweet. It was that it was it wasn't it wasn't the cabin, but they had done it. And they were together, putting a sad end to a another X Men and a sad end to another Wolverine centric story. Yep. Yeah. Well, so it goes. So it goes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Jedi <laughs> Creed. <laughs> we get the wickedness out of you. Decide. Decide. Decide, Andre. I like this episode quite a bit. Um, yeah. I say it's a perfect 10. No. But it's up there. Someone give it a 9. I agree. A 9. Hey. Close. There's a few little weird miscatches, like Wolverine's mouth moving when Sabretooth's talking and other things. But that's, you know, it's old cartoon. Yeah, had some funny stuff. Had a good beastism. Lots of good saber tooth, and a sweet, a sweet ending in, in an emotional story at, the, at its heart. Yeah, one of the best, one of the good ones. And uh, and you know, uh, oh man, I should have got that for my movie reference, but uh, it's not my movie pick. But uh, a very Rashomon quality for the uh, the cinematic people out there who know that movie um, about how you can't trust memory. Um, which is a very interesting idea because uh, 
finish your point. Now it's that was it. That was it. Uh, you want me to go first? Uh, you both said you have 20, 20, 30 X points. Go for it. Well, I got a bunch. All right. So, so the Silver Fox's costume in the modern day look familiar to you. The green costume? Is it Storm's alternate costume? No, it's green with the white stripes down the side. It's a Hydra costume. What? The sim- and the, sim- the symbol on her flying vehicle is the is the Hydra symbol. Uh, she got that fancy tech. She silver which, Fox is working for Hydra, which is the the implication. She's a member of Hydra. What? That's a crazy nod. It's the, obviously a Hydra costume. Look it up. It's it's green with the yellow the yellow things see. down. I got it here. What do we got here? Oh my see? god! It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hundred really percent Hydra it. costume. What? So, I can't, yeah. What a subtle sweet nod that is. So she's not a nice lady. Well, her ship even had the Hydra symbol on it. You don't want to be, you don't on want to it, be so. with her, Wolverine. She's a like a Wolverine a, has a problematic uh, past too. White supremacist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, or Hydra racist nice lady. What? Well, they were founded by the Nazis. They started that way. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was just from the Cat America movie, or that's how it actually played out. Too. Uh, that's that's how it played out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're not nice. Hydra's not nice. They're not. <laughs> so. Talos, the first, my first Talos point anyway. I might have more than one. It's called Shiva in the comics. Oh. Same robot, but it's called Shiva. Uh, Shows up in a lot of 90s Wolverine comics, early 90s. Um, That wasn't my pick. I could have grabbed some Shivas, but it was never my favorite. Um, The Wolverine flashback stuff is never really my favorite Wolverine stuff. Um, well, the um, some, of, some of it is actually. I mean, we'll get to my recommendation later, but I will add. I will add on to yours. Um, the robot is named Talos after a Greek myth where a god Zeus oh, created an automaton. Did steal my thing. Yeah. Oh, is that another point, or is that the same point? No, I, you yeah, keep going. You're breaking. No, that was it. Oh well, I'll, I'll just branch out on it. Yeah, so Talos is a giant. Describes Talos, the myth describes Talos as a giant bronze man built by Hephaestus, the Greek god of invention and blacksmithing. Yes. It also makes sense. The blacksmith of the gods. Yeah. Protected, and he was said to protect the island of Crete from invaders, and he marched around the island three times every day and hurled boulders. So it's like, he's kind of like a sentry as well. So Did you ever watch Jason? Makes, did you ever watch Jason the Argonauts? Jason the Argonauts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to cover it on Hold Up, too. Like, oh, wow. I'm curious to see what anybody thinks about that. I know you'll probably like it because it's old, but I can't imagine anybody well, else. I've might. seen it because it used to be on A&E quite often. Oh, I love Harry uh, Harry Harrison. Yeah, it's great. I have a box set of all the Sinbad movies. Hold Up Season 2 has a stop motion cat theme. So I picked. Um, so, what are the three Jason movies for the that? Argonauts, and he picked the new Pinocchio. Oh, that's fantastic! Jason in the Argonauts, and um, have you seen the new Pinocchio uh, yet? Clash, the original Clash of the Titans. I mean, two of those movies are very similar. Clash and, and Jason the Argonauts are all yeah. very similar films. There, I mean, you could have picked any of the old, uh, like old monster movies that were because yeah, Harry I thought about some, like I thought about Gor- King Kong. Is it Gorga? Gorga, the one with the dinosaur monster? Yeah, I mean that one would have worked too. I think Harry Houston did all did Could've that one as well. Mighty Joe Young. The original, yeah. 
<laughs> the CGI yeah. one from the nineties or the early two thousand. Um, anyway, I was just branching off on your point. I'll do it. Well, I'm happy you're doing that Pinocchio movie. It's fantastic. Um, talk about yeah. touching. That movie's gonna make you cry too. Uh, it's it's by Guillermo del Toro. Actually, I will make that by point. You go ahead. You got a million points. Yeah, not a million actually, not as many as I thought. Um, so that was one of mine too. No, I'm on my second one. Um, in the comics, the Weapon X is a secret government program comprised of Wolverine and other mutants. The term Weapon X is never mentioned in this episode. Only in the title, not once. Hmm. They're not even referred to. They're not even referred to as Team X. That is interesting. So, all right, my next point: Maverick. He eventually uh, changes his moniker and becomes Agent Zero. Shows up from time to time. Really? Why they get rid of Maverick? That's a cool name. Oh, no, maybe it's so the Top generic. Gun. I mean, Agent Zero is kind of generic too, actually. So you know, not the most interesting character, but yeah, you'll see him more as Agent Zero these days. What do you? Um, we're gonna probably gonna talk about what comics this is influenced from, so I'll save those. Um, oh yeah, in the original broadcast of this episode, uh, which we which we watched, when Jean Grey goes through Wolverine's nightstand, and discovers the pictures of. Uh, Logan and, uh, is it, oh, Kayla? Uh, and picture. So in, in subsequent broadcasts, they only show the picture of Logan and Kayla. Uh, I'm guessing Kayla Silverfox's real name. So, um, uh, yeah. So in, in the original broadcast and the ones we saw today, uh, they were all the pictures of his previous loves were shown. Um, in the original broadcast, it was just the photo of K- of him and Silver Fox. So it's a weird, must be for time, I'm guessing. They edit it down for uh, syndication. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, the next one. So there's two numbers that are very prominent in the animation, and that was 162. 243 as you, you see them on a wall and they're mm-hmm. they're very obvious so one to... says quebec with it under above it because that was one of the, yeah, the sets yeah. quebec. so i looked those up the uncanny x-men <laughs> issues i had a theory and i was just like i wanted to look those up so x-men 162 is a wolverine story and he's dealing with being like hallucinogenic effects from fighting the brood but he, it's the, similar in the sense that he's running through the jungle and he's just thinking of all these flashbacks from his past. So it is, it, it, like, rather than dreams that they're all having, he's mm-hmm. having these, like, hallucinogenic flashbacks. Mm. So it's, it's similar in that way. And Uncanny X-Men 243, I don't know how that would have anything to do with anything. That's a, a Mr. Sinister Inferno issue. So I don't know. Hmm. So that was just a theory I had. I don't know. If well, speaking of, uh, I'll make my third X point. Uh, Dan's Diner, which was the name of the diner the Wolverine remembered visiting with Silver Fox and getting in the fight with those agents, was named after mm-hmm. the show storyboard artist David Vezenmeyer. Vezenmeyer. Ah, interesting. All right. Well, here's, here's my last X point. Did I? Am I on my fourth one? Oh. How did I do? I added the I added the automaton one to yours. That was one of mine. Uh, okay, back to you then. Where is it? You just did one. I just did one. All right, all right. Here's mine. Um, it's pretty sad that Wolverine can't even trust any of his good memories. That was my X point. It's like 
he has all these bad memories that he knows are real. And he has these. Well, he's not even sure they're all real because he one of his bad memories well, was his friends dying. So even that even is like the, the newer ones that he knew. Yeah, well, the ones since he, he left the we, the Weapon X program, yeah, which yeah, he wouldn't be wouldn't be implanted. Either. But but yeah, all his good memories that he holds on to, like now he can't even trust those. It's just like it's kind of sucks to be Wolverine. He lives in this crazy uncertainty. Um, Back to you. So. Um, it was cool seeing all these characters. Um, they were alluded to back in uh, Deadly Reunions, uh, way back in season one, uh, when Professor X was probing Sabretooth's mind. We saw images of, of Fox and, and Maverick uh, and Talos as well. But uh, we've never, this is the first time we've actually seen them as characters. So it was cool uh, them returning after such a long amount of time between episodes. And it's cool, like, because, like, you think modern day, like, uh, making, I think we talked with this one of the writers in one of those interviews, where, like, you know, if I was writing for a show that's been on for a while, I would just go stream all of the show and, and catch up with everything and maybe make notes about things I would want to add or come back to. But, you know, this is four years later. So uh, it's cool that they, you know, had such a long game and a long plan in the in the mix to be able to revisit the things that they seeded all the way back in season one. Yeah, there's been some sweet nods in the recent episodes. Um, all right, well, my last point... I'll read that full Tennyson quote that Beast mm-hmm. was, beasting, was beasting about. That a lie which is half a truth is ever the blackest of lies. That a lie which is all a lie may be met and fought with outright. But a lie which is part a truth is a harder matter to fight. That's the full quote. Lord Alfred Tennyson. But what poem is that from? It's not a poem. It's a quote. Oh, it's just a quote. Yeah. Hmm. That's way. That's what I looked up. Maybe it's from a poem, but I just keep finding it under quotes when I looked it up. Well, he's very he's quote he's poem. It was from. He's quoted a lot. He's a very quotable character. Bit of an Oscar Wilde of his day, (laughs) in a way. Um, Yeah, I guess uh, I shouldn't have been so liberal with my points. Uh, My last one being. (laughs) No, I think I do actually. Where to go here? It was just yeah. Oh, MZ agrees with us. Nine out of ten. Sabretooth flashback was memorable. He loved it. When Sabretooth freaked out and tackled Talos, saving Wolverine. And he liked that Wolverine shared his appreciation with Beast. Yep. A lot of heart. There was a lot of heart in this Could have been a ten. Could have been a ten. Just for some reason not quite there. Uh, it's Yeah, it's pretty close. Um, so my last point was just uh, Sabretooth's design. I'm curious as to why the changes. Um... Because we see the own memory of Sabretooth in like his old design, and then the other memory of him in his modern design, um, or or it, they reference that there's a, a shift in character design at the end of season four, and I'm curious if, mm-hmm. if this is because now that it's correctly numbered, maybe that the, the design of him looking more human may be coming, mm-hmm. and we don't have it yet, so I'm not sure. But uh, it's just uh, uh, I think more will be cleared up as we go along in the show, but. Just interesting that they had two versions of it. Either he continues to mutate or they change the character and there's a, a mismatch of, of uh, animation styles in this one. Secondary mutation. Could be. So remember the Ninja Turtles cartoon? Yep. Hey! Do you remember when they had their secondary mutations later on in the later seasons where they would turn into big hulking turtles? And they had that human sidekick Carter that would become one as well? Oh yeah, all the greats. You're getting into all the greats. 
You can do a Turtles podcast. I feel like it would not be as exciting as this one. No, I don't want to do a Turtles podcast. What? Come on. I'm not that big of a fan. Well, you will be after watching all of it again. Though the original Turtles movie was one of the great movies. It's Up until recently, it was the most uh, profitable independent film of all time. What? Really? Yeah, Turtles 1 was an independent film. It was done outside of the studio system. Oh, wow, I did not know that. And it made so much money that then they made a second one and the studios got involved. And uh, then they made the Turtles not be able to use any of their weapons. which, And then threw in vanilla ice for good measure. So there's this... They Remember they did these minus one issues Marvel oh, yeah. for a while? Where they yes, were, like, they do. Backstory ones. There's the Wolverine minus one issue gets into back his backstory with Sabretooth a bit there. And there he is with that kind of similar costume. Didn't Daniel Way's like Wolverine run kind of do all of that? That, that big Wolverine my, Origins comic? That wasn't my favorite run. No? Um, it was well drawn. It was drawn by who drew it? It was, uh, what's his face? It was well Steve drawn. Dillon, wasn't it? So, Steve Dillon? I mean, there were some good stories there, but it just, uh, like I say, the Wolverine backstory stuff is not my favorite Wolverine stuff. Um, it's this Weapon X. Maverick Comic presents Weapon X. Written or drawn by Barry Windsor Smith. Some of the great covers and great art. One of them Classic. on my wall over there. Classic Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah, I'm missing one issue from the run, number 78. But like, check these covers out. You got 73, 74. Look at that. Barry Windsor Smith. That's yes, sweet. What's this one? Good. This one, what's he, what is this? He's hurting a child. He wanted to waste a kid the other day. Might be a woman. I like this one with him just like going through the the snow covered forest. Yeah, this is good good stuff here. The uh the the thing the write up I had said that this episode is based on the Wolverine comics forty eight to fifty and sixty one to sixty four. Really? That's what this says. 92, 93 is when those issues came out. Yeah, I have those issues. Um, they're probably... What are those again? Wolverine uh, 48 to 50 and 61 to 64. All right, do your recommendation. I'll be right back. Well, I'm not going to do that. Go ahead, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, you can do that. You don't, you don't have to get yeah. them. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'll be right back. I'm just going to grab the box. I'll okay, me. go get your box. All right. Well, as Davin is away... Uh, I'm not going to do my recommendation when he gets back, so I want to see his uh, his face when I do it. I don't even know what my... Oh, we're doing the comic recommendations. Yeah, now I want to talk to him when he's here. So uh, right now, I'm uh, cr- currently getting some uh, things ready. Oh, uh, 48 are... to 50. I know 50 right off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, Davin has returned. This one. Yep. Wolverine Top Secret with the claws. And there's Shiva. Hey. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He was always fighting Shiva, and now he's. Oh yeah, and look there he is, like some backstory stuff there. Yep. Forty-eight, forty-nine. What were the other ones? Uh, sixty-one to sixty-four. Sixty-one, there's sixty-one. Oh, he's got Jubilee. Oh, it looks like he's getting hit with a beam. <laughs> some kind of beam. Oh, and look, there's Wolverine and Silver Fo- or Sabretooth and Silver Fox. Hey, it really was. I should have recommended these ones, I guess. That's oh, all right. There's a, lot, there's a lot of Wolverine. There's a lot of Wolverine Weapon X stuff out there. And there's uh, some Sabretooth and Wolverine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Yep, yep. 
What's your recommendation? Well, obviously, uh, after watching Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and being put into a headspace with uh, sad stories oh. involving animals, I decided to go with this heartbreaking comic by Brian K. Vaughn called The Pride of Baghdad yeah. about a group of lions that uh, that escape uh, a zoo uh, in Baghdad um, during, uh, you know, Operation whatever, the, when the Americans invaded. And, uh, you know what's funny? I have this copy and I've had it for years. I've still never read it because I know it's sad. It's fucking devastatingly sad. Yeah, that's why um, I haven't read it. But here's I got the hardcover, but yeah, it was mine. So I'll yeah, it's read it, but I know how it ends, and I'm like, I don't want to read that. It's but incredibly good and also incredibly yeah. sad. So I'll um, get to it. But if you love animals, actually another actually another one that I should have picked um, that would have also fit with this, which is a massive a comic that I massively love, and a slightly happier ending is We Three by Grant Morrison. If you haven't read that, um, it's basically um, Homeward Bound, uh, but with mechanized mechanized animals that were they're animals that were experimented in the government, uh, given thought higher levels of thought and, and the ability to speak, and made into weapons essentially like tanks. Um, that the program's going to be terminated, and the scientist that that houses them. Um, releases them because doesn't want them to come to harm. They, and they try to get back to their home, the homes they remember when they were normal pets and uh, the government chases them. It's sad and heartbreaking, but uh, a beautiful, beautiful comic and uh, written by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely does the art. It's beautiful. Check that one out too. I don't like Quitely art. You don't? I love Quitely art. You're crazy. I don't like, I don't like squishy faces. They're not squishy. They're great. You're squishy. I don't like your squishy face. (laughs) Wait, wait, we should draw me then. Oh, other the remote taking us. Quick recommendation. I just got this in the mail. It's a, a book about the life of Stan Rogers, personal musical, oh. musical favorite of mine. So um, I've been thinking about doing a graphic novel adaptation of his life, and I might, so I want to read the book. Um, Let's do a rendition of Northwest Passage for the ex-goon. Oh, for just one time. time Actually, no. Serious question. Find the Northwest Uh, Passage. We we did lose a Canadian great this week. You sure did. Uh, What's what's your favorite Gordy Lightfoot? Probably Sundown. I mean, I do really like. No, no, it's probably. um, It's either Sundown or um, if you could read my mind. Probably if you could read my mind. But I do like Sundown a lot too. I mean, the record of the Evan Fitzgerald obviously is what everybody loves. But I, I don't know something about something about if you could read my mind. Um, well, that one too. That one, no, it kind of goes without saying. It's just a beautiful song. Yeah, but uh, actually, it's funny they did a. Um, speaking of folk singers, um, Stan Rogers. You're unfamiliar with his music out there, people wherever you are. Um, he's on Apple the Music. Day I was born. I, I highly suggest looking up uh, the looking up his music. Um, he doesn't have a lot of it. He died fairly young, but uh, it's it's all fantastic and uh, just Powerful the best voice. Yeah, the best of a very recognizable voice. I mean, Bears Privateers of the Suns, very unique and connected to Nova Scotia, which was his fa- his parents are from here, and then he moved here. He's, he was born in Ontario. He died tragically in a um, airplane fire. Uh, the fire landed, but the certain people died from smoke inhalation in the back of the plane. He was one of them, sadly. His son is a folk singer as well, and sounds a lot like him, but. Uh, yeah, it's a unique voice and uh, an amazing songwriter. So uh, check him out. But anyway, my uh, so my uh, Westmoreland check out the, in Northwest Passage. Check out those two. My uh, 
Well, I mean, 45 years is probably my favorite song by him. But that's um, but Northwest Passage is up there. Same with um, uh, shit. That's the other one that I love. Yeah. No, uh, Mary Ellen Carter. I love that song. Oh, yeah. uh, so, the idiot's a good one too. But uh, my uh, my recommendation is another tale about a certain heroic character who can't trust his own memory or doesn't realize his own experiences were actually his own or perhaps programmed Memento? into his mind. Of course not. You told me to do ones from the 90s. Anything from the 90s? Memento was like 2001, wasn't it? You said it had to be from the 90s and lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what movie from 1990 is about a certain hero that is going through experiences and has memories that may not be his own and may have been programmed there? Honey Mnemonic? The Paul Verhoeven classic Total Recall, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, of course. Of course. I fucking love this movie. This is Me probably too. this is probably Schwarzenegger. This is probably Schwarzenegger's best movie. Seconded by Predator, but it's very close. It the two are neck and neck. No, I think Terminator 2 is better than both of them. Oh, okay. There's three that are neck and neck. Uh all three of those, I wouldn't say it's better than Oh, fuck, that's tough. You know what? Terminator True 2 Lies is fantastic. Is a bomb movie, too. I agree. That is fantastic, too. But it's mostly because they, like, they've never made a Blu-ray of it or a 4K. It's only ever been released in DVD, which is we weird. a crappy remake. Oh, a TV show. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any interest no, in watching that. No, a movie. That. They made a new Total no, Recall it's movie. No, show. show. It's a TV show. No, they made a Total Recall movie starring... Oh, uh, I think they're talking about True Lies. Movie? There's a True Lies TV show, that's what I'm talking about. They did do oh, a Total Recall okay. movie with Colin Farrell. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was terrible. It was supposed to be more literal adaptation of the book. But the Paul Verhoeven is a director that I have a love-hate relationship with. Mostly a love relationship. He's made a lot of interesting movies. Uh, Total Recall being one. RoboCop being another, which is relatively loved by all. Starship Troopers, which is a movie that everybody totally missed the point of. But those who know uh, can oh, appreciate know, it for what it really is. Yeah. I love it anyway. Well, no, it's, I mean, yeah, it's a movie that's uh, an indictment of fascism. If you approach it from that way and and, and as a a parody of what a fascist society would look like, then, then people watch it go, yeah, yeah, rah, rah. It's just like, yeah, no, if you're just watching for the action <laughs> and the, uh, the blur song, then no, it's not quite, uh, you're, you're missing the point. Um, I don't remember hollow man. I might have to go back and rewatch that one, but he's done, uh, some, Oh, he also did show. Well, I saw hollow man with Kevin Bacon. That was, that he was did show girls as well, which is kind of universally panned as being a terrible movie, That's a but movie, yeah. he's made some really interesting, good ones. Uh, I mean, I think, I think he can rest on the laurels of Total Recall, RoboCop, and uh, oh shit, I'm forgetting one of them. What's the other big one I said? Starship Troopers. Uh, yeah, I mean, that one I do really like, but I feel like there's one other big one he did that I'm missing. Um, but anyway, he's, uh, yeah, check out Total Recall. I'm sure you've probably seen it. Um, if you haven't, definitely go watch it. It's, like I said, probably the best Ronald Schwarzenegger movie out there. But as a movie, as a movie, as a Pull whole. Pull that thing out of his nose. Oh, the, the three-breasted woman, the the get the, the reactor quaid. The basic idea open, of the movie. Open your mind. Open your mind. Your mind. Oh, yeah. Every movie back then. That's what I, I don't like that puppet. Because that very same puppet gets reused in so many movies. The other movie he made that uh, was kind of a cultural touchstone was a Basic Instinct. Oh, Basic Instinct. Sharon Stone film. I'm not saying that's a classic, but... Uh, so uh yeah, no, I'm uh right. yeah, great movie, Total Recall. What do you got for games? The Total Recall oh, game? Maybe maybe nothing. Maybe maybe there's a new segment. Who oh knows? no. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't consult me about this. <laughs> uh perhaps you better take over from here. 
I will take over from here, Cyclops. Sweet tunes for the ex-goons. Movie rec or music recommendations. And this one's gonna. Oh, I got two. This one I got music recommendations. Yeah. Well, I want to recommend music. So, I love music. Well, so do I. So, but I like music that nobody listens to. So I might as well. Recommend. I like a lot of that too. Um. So just a little plug for Aiming on Track. I was on there talking about Robert Johnson. Go listen to Robert Johnson. If you haven't, it's the best blues ever. Possibly the best music ever. Go check it out. Um, it's, it's haunting. It, it's real. It's just unimaginably good. His singing and guitar playing. Anyway, check it out. But, you know, I was thinking it's summertime. In the summertime, I listen to mostly reggae and classical and opera, of course. But a lot of reggae. So I was thinking, like, so all summer you just listen album. to reggae, a lot, a lot. Interesting. Yeah. So what what what, yep. what reggae do you I listen turn on to? Some reggae. I step outside into my garden. I listen to all reggae, but I thought I'd uh, do a reggae live album. I'd recommend here, and by a, a, an artist people would know. So it's like approachable reggae. It is Peter Tosh captured live. Probably the best live reggae album ever. Oh man, like Rastafari is goes on for like nine minutes and it's friggin' amazing. Um, that sounds pretty great. It's 12 minutes actually. But it's four sides, got all the good uh, Peter Tosh classics. You know, you get your glass house, you get your pick myself up, coming in hot. You know, Johnny Be Good, of course, Mama Africa, there's good stuff here. Check it out. Peter Tosh captured live. Get your reggae on. Uh, yeah, Bob Marley's about as far as my reggae knowledge goes. Oh man, I'll, I can get deep reggae. I know of Peter Tosh. I've heard some of his stuff. I just, I'm not, I'm not, not against reggae. I just haven't experienced a lot of it. Um, Man, check out the Abyssinians. Where, where would Sublime fall check on your ra- on your reggae meter? That's that's not reggae at all. Do you like Sublime? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't right. go put them on to listen to them anymore. But as a oh, I totally would. When I was a teenager, I would listen to them. They're still great. Oh no, man! I, for some reason, like most '90s music, I can't really. Go oh, dude, I can listen to '90s music all day and every day. It doesn't hold up too well. I've yes, got myself listening to 80s Agreed. music now, and I didn't like Dude, 80s okay. music a lot. Do me a favor. Go back and listen to Hole and listen to Garbage and tell me that that music does not hold up. Garbage, specifically, is one of the best bands of the 90s. Hole? You mean Courtney, Courtney loves Hole? Dude, you know, live, through, live Through This and Celebrity Skin are fantastic albums. You're having one of your delusions. Uh, look, you are far <laughs> too judgmental, and anybody listens to any of the shows when you rate things on it would probably... Uh, agree with me but I they're love both all these episodes of x-men i like good yeah. things well and good is good, good is, she's an awful singer just awful dude the emo like, those, those albums are emotional listen to them they're really good when i say the best of all time no but they're great albums and they and they're definitely products of the 90s nirvana you dismiss nirvana Soundgarden? Like again, I liked it back in Bush? the day. But I wouldn't put it on now. To no, you just don't listen to, to it I enough. I couldn't listen to that stuff anymore. But Peter Tosh. Yeah. Okay. Peter Frampton. But even Peter Tosh, I don't listen to as much anymore. Like, 
there's like a stage to reggae. You get into it with Bob Marley. And then from Bob Marley, you move to Peter Tosh. And you're like, oh, Peter Tosh was better than Bob Marley all along. And then you get even farther into reggae and you realize, oh, Bunny Whaler. Bunny Whaler was better than both of them all along. And then you get into like a lot of other things like, you know, the Abyssinians and Toots and the Maytals and the, the Ethiopians. And, oh, man, like, you could go on and on and on. Um, the friggin', um, oh, man, we're trying to think of names. So go, mind just blank. But, um, uh, Ika Mouse, another great one. Um, Black Uhuru. Uh, man, there's so much good reggae out there. Uh, John Holt, another classic. John Holt. Great tunes. I've been yeah. a, uh, deep diving jazz a lot lately, old jazz records, so. There's a um, jazz is great too. There's a a label that came out in the seventies called Black Jazz, where black jazz artists had their own bunch of different solo releases, and uh, they re-released it a few years ago. And they uh, they had them available for not too much at uh, some local places. So I uh, I picked up pretty much the whole set. It's pretty cool. There's a lot of great stuff in it. Hmm. Oh man, I love jazz. Another thing that's great to listen to on LP. Mm-hmm. All right, well, here's let's play a game. I got a game for us. Here's a game. Mm-hmm. Do I have a do I have a, a lead in for this game? I bet I do, but I don't know where it is. So let's just go with this one. Live remakes. Let's cast this episode for a live remake, Andre. <laughs> Remax? Remakes? Remakes. Oh, that's Remax. That's like, you want to sell me a house? What? No, Remakes. <laughs> Remax with an E. Is it? Yeah, Remakes. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear to me in the X Um Alright, so let's cast this episode. You cast Maverick. The German super soldier for a live remake. German super soldier. I mean, I got to pick a German actor. I mean, Schwarzenegger seems like Schwarzenegger seems like the obvious choice, but that's not. Are we talking about modern day? Right now? Funny. Yeah, we're yeah we're casting it now for the MCU this episode. No, Daniel Bruhl's already tied up um, for German actors. He's the only German guy I could think of, so that's why. I oh, think. really? No, there's uh, the other guy. Actually, no, the other guy. You know who I pick is um, the other guy from that movie. Remember uh, the guy goes, I'll shoot your Nazi balls and shoots him? Uh, that guy. Uh, Till Schweiger is his name. He uh, he was, um, yeah, he was the other guy in The Glorious Bastards. When, uh, when they get into the big shootout at, with Michael Fassbender's character, there's him. And the, the other uh, bastard, and I think the girl, and because the girl survives, but he's the bastard that shoots, that just puts the gun right in his balls and shoots him. Remember, he's kind of unhinged sort of dude, and that's the guy I would pick because he's kind of like a, a bulky, good shape, good looking dude, thick German accent. Yeah, I think he'd be good. All right, I'll pick Silver Fox then. Oh, I'll nice. Pick, uh, you got to pick a native Amber, uh, Canadian actor. Amber Mid Thunder. What do I know her I from? I don't think she's Canadian. She's from Prey. Oh, that girl. Ah, she's kind of young, isn't she? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Jeez, who else am I going to pick? 
Uh, Man, too bad this isn't like when North of 60 was going, because there were a lot of great Native actors. Uh, yeah, actors. there were. Actually, they would you, almost be too old. You know what's a, a movie I'm going to suggest that no one's probably seen, but if you like kind of gritty existentialist human crime things, there's a really, really good movie called Wind River. Um, I've heard of that. Jeremy Renner and uh, Elizabeth Olsen are both in it. But it's about um, a woman who's is found dead on a, a native reserve uh, somewhere in, I'm guessing it's the States. It's scored by Nick Cave, uh, which is in this. The score is beautiful. But uh, Renner's like the, the local uh, guy that's helping the FBI agent that's investigating, played by Elizabeth Olsen, trying to find out what happened to the this person. And it, uh, it's, a, it's one of those movies that I went in knowing nothing about it. It was the only thing playing I hadn't seen or heard of. And uh, me and a friend just went and saw it on a whim, and it was really oh, uh, John Barenthal's in it too, very briefly. But it's uh, it's very good. good. It's very very good. Highly suggest. Mm. Mm. How old can she be? Can I cast Buffy Saint Marie? Oh, she's quite old now. <laughs> but the girl, there's a girl, a native, like uh, an indigenous woman in that one that uh, was was very good. I can't think of her name. But uh, she was young looking and kind of tough. And uh, uh, I'll have to look it up. But she's who I would probably pick. Oh, when what about uh, Jennifer Pademski? She's in a lot of things. You might know her. She's a native Canadian actress and she's 49. That's a good age for Silver Fox. Uh, I would pick, look up Kelsey Asbill, A S B I L L E. That's who I would pick. I'll see as Bill. Mm-hmm. She's an American actress. Oh, yes, American actress. She's too young. What are you talking about? She's born in 91. She's 30? I could have just picked Amber Midthunder. She's not 30. She's like 15, isn't she? What? No. In Prey, she was like... She was, yes, she was very young. Oh, she's 26. Okay, uh, she's like five years younger. Oh, okay. Well, she looked a lot younger in that movie. I guess that was the point, but... Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough one. And uh, apparently, I liked my, my Pademski one. I like that pick, Jennifer Pademski. Pademski. Hmm. Well, she was in Fargo as well, which is a great show. My, my she pick. might be in uh, Reservation Dogs too, which is a great show. Uh, I got to watch that. I've heard really good things. Right. Uh, Mark, 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 Mark Maron's an episode of it. It's a great show. Check it out. Hmm. All right. So now you cast Sabretooth. Oh, really? Jeez, that's a big one. In the in the MCU? Yeah. Oh. Okay, we'll move. No, we'll no, I can, I, can, I, can, I can do it. You go. If you get another one, go ahead. But you, I, I, no, yeah, no, you cast. I'm, there's one. There's one. There's can't one. be Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> Oh, Cornelius. That's to be um, Cornelius. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, oh, I'd rather do Sabretooth. <laughs> okay, Cornel- you do Sabretooth. No, no, you have to cast Jebediah Creed. All right. Well, Cornelius would be Jeffrey Jeffrey Combs. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, he'd be good for that. He's of the right age yeah. now too, and uh, yeah, 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 and he's got that voice. So yeah, Jeffrey Combs for sure. Uh, Jebediah. Jebediah <laughs> oh, um, I have to be sort of a tall, spindly. Like some old, abusive dude. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm almost like like a like a dude from Puritan era. Oh, I know. Uh, did you see the movie The Witch? The um, yeah, the guy that played the dad in that for sure, one hundred percent. What's his name? He's in a lot. Of, he's kind of a character actor. He's in a lot of stuff. Um, Ralph Ennison, I N E S O N. Yeah, uh, he would be. He'd be that now for Sabretooth himself. Sabretooth have to be a big dude. It's funny. I'll I got cast Wolverine, and I cast Jared Kizo. Oh, from Letterkenny. <laughs> for a guy that play Wolverine. No, I mean, yeah, maybe, whatever. <laughs> maybe he can act. I'm sure. Well, yeah, he could. He, but can. he can play the tough guy. He looks the part. He's not too tall. Ah, uh, geez, who would be good? I mean, Jason Momoa would be a really good saber tooth. No, he wouldn't. Why wouldn't he? Because he's not a good actor. Based on what? What, what things actor. have you seen him in? What things have you watched him in? I've seen him in Baywatch. Okay, I've well, that's not a great represent. What, the original Baywatch from the night, like when yeah. he's a kid? Like the Baywatch The Next Generation or whatever it was? Okay, well, no. But it, we'll, we'll, we'll ignore that. He was a teenager. <laughs> I've seen him in... Uh... I mean, I've seen clips from that Aquaman movie, and it looks just god-awful. He's uh, fine in it. It's not a great movie, but he's fine. Yeah, he's fine in some things. Like, he was fine in Game of Thrones, but he didn't have to do a whole lot. He was fine in um, this a Netflix show uh, about the Hudson Bay Company. Um, what was it called? Oh, uh, they filmed it in Newfoundland. A friend of mine worked on the special effects on it. The, uh, Mark, Mark uh, DeVoe, yeah. Oh, did Mark work on that? Awesome. Yeah. Well, he turned me into Jesus once. Uh, <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I forget what that show's called. But yeah, he's okay. You know, be a good saber tooth. Tyler Maine. He's a good. At, he used to be a former wrestler. No, He'd make for a good saber tooth. <laughs> not Tyler Maine. Um, he cast a wrestler as saber tooth. Well, no, it'd have to be a good actor though. Um, there, there was a guy that, that mean and sinister. We have Schreiber wasn't bad, but no, he wasn't. But you need someone that can do an animalistic kind of thing, like a Tom Hardy type, yeah. but not Tom Hardy per se. Um, yeah, the guy for the what's his face? The no, he's, he's um, the red bearded guy from uh, Game of Thrones. What's his name? Oh, sure, yeah, him. He could do it. Uh, he's got a, a oh, you know, a lot of people from Game of, or not Game of Thrones, people from Vikings. I would have. I would have Clive Standen play Sabretooth. Do you know who Clive Standen is? No. He he played Rolo in Vikings. Oh, I didn't watch Vikings. My wife did watch some of it though. He can play a big scary dude. Yeah, yeah. Clive I'm trying Stanton. to I'm trying to like think of like horror actors or people that are like in horror movies because there are some guys that are big and imposing. Um, but uh, it's funny. Kane like, Hodder. He's too old now. I wouldn't even say big. even Robert Maye would have been a good choice when he was younger too. But uh, yeah, Robert Maye. Uh, but he was Sluggo in the Deadpool movie. Yeah, Dave Batista wouldn't be bad, although he's already in there. Um, so I don't know. You need you need someone that's kind of like yeah. Clive like Standard. That's the one. Well, you get I get a little hung up on trying to like um, find someone that's like blonde, you know. And I know you don't really need to do that. Um, like Ray Stevenson would have been good when he was younger. The guy who played Punisher because he's a big dude. Oh yeah, he was also um, Falstag. He was Falstag. 
uh, who's this guy? Kevin Wayne. I'm gonna go with this guy. I don't know uh, as an actor how good he. Actually, no, I know. You know who I think would be good actually? Who's a good actor? And uh, I, I feel like you're gonna dismiss because of one particular role he was in. Oh, Stephen yeah. Dorff. Stephen Dorff. Uh, yeah, he'd be a good Wolverine actually when he was younger because he was he's not yeah, very maybe big. A, yet. Maybe, maybe a Wolverine type. Yeah, not nearly big enough to play Sabretooth. Clive Standen. I don't know who that is, but I'll, I'll take your word on it. There's a guy named Kevin Wayne that looks pretty good. He's a big, big, scary, hairy dude. Hey, look who I found coming to join the party. Oh. Glad y'all decided to join the party. You know who I would cast as Sabretooth? Andre Myatt. Yeah. I mean, you're not quite big enough. But yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> Six foot two. He's yeah, big. I'm big. Probably, yeah, Clive Standen's probably no bigger than you. Yeah, probably. Right. I'll take my head. Yeah, that's right. And I'll play Jebediah. Sounds good. You can yeah. be my dad. I'll be good. Get the wickedness out of you, boy. Where's my I'll, belt? I'll be good. Where's my whipping stick? Go cut me a switch. <laughs> Father, I'm sorry. <laughs> cut me a switch, I said. All right. But we're going to party like it's apostrophe 97. Look, we've found out who the leads are in this show the, the, in 97 coming up. And it's very exciting because it's the way it should have been. Storm, oh, glorious day, and Cyclops are the leads in this show. It's perfect. Um, yeah. It's How do you feel about that, Andre? Yeah, great. Cyclops should be leaders except, always. Especially, no, not just the leaders, but they're the leads in the series they're the lead roles like they're gonna the show's gonna focus around cyclops well it's unfortunate that the guy who played cyclops isn't there anymore but uh yeah i'm curious to see who, the, who that they haven't announced who that is yet have they no but long overdue since he hasn't been in season four really so it's like about time to early at all love back on cyclops uh it's oh, a big wolverine uh, season yeah, so that was the party like it's post 97. I'm excited about that, though. And really getting into their dynamic as the two leaders, too. Like, she'll probably have kept the school together while he was off being emotional, because that's what Cyclops does. And then he'll come back being like, I'm the leader again. And she'll be like, are you, though? Are you, though? Again, it's going to be great. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot to make one mention, actually. Just to cap this off about the episode, I totally forgot that was going to be one of my X points. Steven Soderbergh, we were talking about his connection. Oh, so right. the title, Weapon X Lies and Videotapes, is a play on the movie Sex Lies and Videotapes by Steven Soderbergh that came out in the 90s. Oh, it was by him. Starring James Spader and Mini Driver, I think. And uh, no, no, it's a Mini Driver. Yeah, I think it's Mini Driver. And it's a, if you're going to have sex on videotape, you want James Spader in that movie. Well, it's it's one of his weird sex movies. He does those. He had a spout of them in the nineties. Yes, weirdest sex movie: Avengers Two: Age of Ultron. Yes, that was true. But he had a lot of weird, like psychosexual kind of like he Jack's back. He was in Crash, wasn't he? Jack's black. uh, Jack's back. Crash. Uh, secretary, um, secretary, yeah. Uh, sex lives and videotape. In that, his character is like 
so uh, traumatized by how uh, something he did in his past that he doesn't have sex with women. He just records them telling stories about uh, their sexual experiences, and that's kind of how he gets off. It's a weird. It's it's very interesting um, and different type of movie, but it's very good. I have the Criterion Blu-ray for it. Um, yes, your homework is to watch the next episode of this show, which is season four episode. I just had it here. Don't tell. Don't you tell me. I swear to God, I'll punch you. Episode number 17, Have Yourself a Morlock Little Christmas. Actually says, Have Yourself a Morlock Little Xmas, which seems more in brand in the actual title. So Storm and Grouchy Humbug Wolverine go last minute shopping in Manhattan. So that sounds fun. And obviously, I'm guessing the Morlocks show up based on the title. And then to punch me, though you're becoming Sabretooth already. You're really getting into that role. Listen up, you hairy little runt. Look, you little runt. It works. I mean, again, I'm not a runt, but yeah. Small you can support our show. You certainly can't handle your alcohol. Patreon. I've kind of given up drinking, actually. Oh, don't do that. We can't lose another one. I mean, it might not be forever, but like I just haven't been drinking for like a week, and I've been drinking a ton of water, and I feel great. I only drink on the so, weekend. I only drink on the weekend. Now, every so. time I think about getting a beer, I'm just like, I feel great. I just mix it. up what you're drinking. Drink gin. It's just mo- you mix it with water anyway, and you're great. Yeah, maybe. You're trying to get me back on the sauce. That's right. That's a friend you're gonna have two, gonna have two um, kids under that roof pretty soon. You're gonna have to drink. You're gonna lose your mind. I know. I know. Contact us at xmemreviewshow at gmail.com. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch and find our audio only version wherever you get your podcast. And of course, please like, review, subscribe. We got big interviews coming up. We got season five coming up. We've got the new season coming up. And we're your most trusted source in X-Men animated related material. I would Most trusted source. Wow, it's a high it's a high bar. I, I trust us. Don't you? I do. All right. A proud member of the United Federation of Podcasts as well. Right there, look at that logo. Lovely. Beautiful. We're this hold up a movie podcast where we just did one on heist movies. And you know, everybody check out Victoria. That's a cool movie. Uh yeah, four four hours four hour podcast. It did go long, but it felt like two hours. I was shocked. It was fun talking to uh, you guys. Should like I really feel like you should consult me sometimes in your movie choices. I know the whole period is that you're supposed to, but I can offer you ones you haven't seen that are more relevant to your topic and that you might enjoy. I would have told you you would have hated the Pink Panther. One hundred percent, I know you would have hated the Pink Panther. But that's fine because I want that on the show too. I don't want a bunch of things we'll like. But like the thing I like about our choice. What makes more sense to me is, is usually a movie that we suck that sucks, and there is usually one that we really like. Well, what 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 made more sense to me is like the out of sight one because you were so divided on it, and then the um, and and the uh, Victoria one, which is like a very uh, very left field choice, but one that you guys well, except for Jamil, uh, I, I do I couldn't I, believe it I couldn't when so, when people really hate movies, movies it kind of makes me want to watch them more. Like I really want to watch. Yeah. Um, Southland Tales because you guys hated that so much. But I was like, I, I remember having redeeming qualities, but it's been a long time. It didn't have redeeming qualities. Well, I think yeah. my, you're in my opinion, movies is quite different sometimes. So, not when it comes to Guardians of the Galaxy, though. Nope. 9.5 out of 10. And also, check out Super Mater Brothers. They're doing the reality show reviews over there. And we just did the Mary Mater Marvel Society Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 review. That was fun. Talked about how uh, great that movie was. Jamil's we run him over by the end. At the first he was like, it was a i I'm like, what? We got a lot of discussion here. Like 
think by the end we convinced him. Trivial debates coming up on Saturday. I'll be competing against my cousins, Eamon and Dave. It's a family affair over there at Trivial Debates, and it's a Mother's Day theme. So, it'll be interesting. I have no idea what the questions are yet, or the topics. So, you know, I assume they'll be about mothers. <laughs> oh, guess we'll find out. up over on graphic histories a uh, new episode just dropped last week uh with uh adam gorham who writes for marvel comic or uh well you write on this show did you confirm yes, that not yet um i've uh, been busy uh but i will so uh he's he, coming on the show yeah he's hopefully uh he we uh, if you listen to that episode if you haven't it's out there now uh he does work for marvel comics he worked for idw uh, Valiant, He's a big uh, X guy too. I was yeah. He loves X Men stuff, guy. and he loved this show, so that's why I reached out to him. I didn't really want to make the whole conversation about this, so I didn't really bring it up on the show. But afterwards, I mentioned we have this podcast, and he's excited about doing it as well. And he's good friends with Dave Cutler, so you know, there's that too. Uh, but yeah, no, very cool conversation. We talk a lot about uh, some no show of the show, uh, Dave Cutler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I know the next episode is special of the Dave, so maybe we'll see him then. But uh, yeah, great episode. Uh, got two episodes to go before we hit our 100th episode. Working on that. Uh, I put some feelers out to some people in that. I mean, I sent them random messages on Facebook. I have not heard back. What's Those up? two people were Ron Friends and Joe Jusco, both of which who haven't answered me yet. So wow, I'd love, I'd love to have be amazing. Ron Friends was a great Spider-Man artist and uh, worked on the oh, Spider-Girl yeah. comic for a long time, um, which would be awesome. But uh, either way, I'm just out there trying to find some folks if you know anybody or connect anyone that uh is in the comic sci-fi you know writing nerddom area drop me a line happy to have them on the show you ever try to get um oh that you did that cover right over there uh, uh, you uh, <laughs> we did that uh the cover of david cutler's issue hold on Oh, yeah. Did you, ever, did you ever try to get Ken Lashley on the show? No. I feel like I, I've met Ken before, yeah. haven't I? Yeah. He's a friendly guy. I think you could get Ken Lashley on the show. I totally forgot about Ken. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure yeah. I've met him before, actually. He's a cool... Yeah. yeah. He comes to a lot of the local cons, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he was that when I was at a while ago. I think he was... He's, a, he's kind of connected to... Um, I think him and Hugh Rockwood. Like, Rockwood worked with him. He mentioned him when he had him on the show. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, he's a great artist, fantastic yeah. artist, fantastic artist. We have a lot of folk. We have a lot of folk, mutual folks in common. As far as friends go, yeah, it's a great. That's a great suggestion. I'll reach out to Ken. Yeah, yeah man, cool, cool. And then you've yes. got your hundredth episode coming up. Very exciting. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm kind of, I don't know, sort of thinking about restructuring the whole show and like just going back and cutting out all the episodes for that were about that were not interview episodes. Uh, that would drop you down to like seventy. Or something. Yeah, maybe. But I just, I don't know, they don't really represent what I do now. I, I guess I could leave them, but I feel like I'd have to, I, I feel like I need to put, I need to, like, the feed, the system I had for getting my feed out there is kind of not as good as it used to be. It's hard to, to use it to actually see who's subscribing. So I might I might just reshift the whole show and and put it in a new feed, but then I, I don't want to have to go back and re-edit everything. So I'm debating. Well, you don't have to, um, like, you can shift 
like if you wanted to switch over to like Anchor or something like that, you can do it and it'll save all your stuff. You just put in your. Well, it's even about like the episodes don't make sense. If I'm like next episode, I'm talking about Captain America, you know, and then like, you know, so I'd have to go do all that. I think I'm just going to leave it as is and just celebrate the show as it was and let it be a a little part of the history. If you don't like, if you don't like those episodes, that's fine. Uh, You don't have to listen to them. But I do think I need to find a new way. Kevin Adam Woodward on this week, and they're going to be talking about the Pogues. Oh, really? Yeah, I just got the it, uh, what is it? Sodomy in the Lash. That one. That was that was the album. From you know that, Sodomy in the Lash. Yeah. That was the name of the album. Do you know what that's from? No. The Winston Churchill quote. Oh. Yeah. Somebody uh, in Parliament. Somebody said. In Parliament, somebody said to him, "Like uh, you're tarnishing the." Uh, the history of our beloved Navy. And he said, what, what tradition rum sodomy in the lash is what he said. That's Oh man. Churchill has so many good ones, which is, yeah. So, you know, that's where that came from. Um, Hellbound podcast as well. Michael Chan and all of our very, very extensive Star Trek content over on live long and podcast. I have locutors of Trek. We just did a captain's conference over there. That was fun. I think they're probably reviewing Deep Space Nine probably in nine minutes. If they're doing Deep Space Nine this week, they were on a little hiatus, but they might be back this week. Okay, Science Division, we did Star Trek Radio Theater. They did the edited version of uh, our radio theater of the movie Star Trek V, The Final Frontier is up there now. Check that out. I played Cybok, brother of Spock. Why does God need a starship? We have traveled far! Anyway, it's funny how things <laughs> just get forgotten and then brought up again in Star Trek history when they're relevant or convenient. Like in Discovery, we established that Spock had a secret sister or adopted sister that nobody ever knew about a reference forever. We now we hear any, and we hear no reference of Cybok in any of that. Has everything to do with Spock, other than in Strange New Worlds, now is an abomination since that's not Leonard anymore. Um, Ethan Peck's but you, quite well. Yeah, I was going to say, but you like, like, you can't just reject. You don't, you don't like uh, Zachary Quinto's version. Oh, it's not. There's nothing Spock about it. No, I like it. I think those movies are fun. But they don't take away. You still have your other Star Trek. You can still go watch you your do. Strange New Worlds and your. I will go do that. All right, let's get out of here. Right? Get out of here. I will not. Leave. I said, get out of here. Yeah, good voice acting. Get out of here, Andre. I'm I'm packing up my wrestling merch. I'm I'm, I'm going. It's right. good. Oh, send me some stickers. Well, I have some different everyone, packs. You can buy old school Andre Mayette stickers for five. So bucks. I hit them up get, on Facebook. You can get an equal amount of them. So I have some packs that are literally just me, but they have different paint colors. So there's a, and then others that I are. Want, I want three paint different paint colors. That's Do you I okay? I can I can yeah, accommodate. That's the pack I want. Well All then, right. yep, sounds good. All right. Catch you next time. Next time. Play out to the sound of Andre putting his stickers in.